Comic-Con comes back to San Diego this week, and as you can imagine, the costumes are plenty. Thousands of attendees are dressed in everything from the usual stormtrooper to slutty versions of women from video games. Ma'am, what is it you've got on here? I'm dressed as Harley Quinn, medicine woman. Say, what an original and completely slutty idea. As you can tell, folks, the fun just keeps going and going here at San Diego Comic-Con. These bills, they just keep piling up. I got child support, alimony, rent, Netflix. Now my subscriptions to Maximum Prevention magazines have been canceled for non-payment. How is a man supposed to make it in this world? Hey, I hear you got some financial problems. I got a way you can make a bunch of money. You want in? I will have you know that while I am physically destitute, I would never have sex with another man for money. A blowjob, sure, but no anal penetration. Actually, how much are you offering? No, you dumb bastard. I'm offering you a piece of a little plan I've got cooking. What is it? Turkey? Cookies? Lasagna? Please tell me you're cooking lasagna. Jesus, this guy right now. No, you maroon. It's a plan to kidnap Stan Lee from the Comic-Con. Here's what we do. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh. I do declare. Oh my god. I love your Edgar Allan Poe Dameron costume. Wow, what a great idea. You've taken the best elements of Season 4, Episode 10 of Star Trek Voyager and combined it with a steampunk version of a future iteration of Daenerys Targaryen. Truly crazy maze. All right, everyone, be cool. This is a robbery. Any of you fucking pricks move and I'll execute every last one of you. Look at that! It's like a flash mob theatrical performance of Pulp Fiction with two guys dressed up as Spartans from the Halo series. So cray! Alright, old guy. No funny business. You're coming with us. Excelsior. We've nabbed your precious Stan Lee, comic dorks. If you ever want him back, you'll give us all the money you have saved up in your savings accounts in the forms of cashier's checks or money orders. Personal checks will be subjected to a $25 non-sufficient funds fee. <laughs> Who's Stan Lee? O-M-G. Is that a mashup of Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, and Jared Leto as the Joker? R-O-F-L-T-G-I-F-T-T-F-N. No one cares about this old guy. This isn't working. It's like no one comes to Comic-Con for any reason other than to dress up in Halloween costumes. They aren't going to pay us anything. Not to a mischievous menace like you! Shut it, Stanley. Hey, where'd my partner go? So, I just want to let you know how good you look in that BB-8 costume. I was wondering if you could buy me a drink. Ooh, gee. You say such questionable things. My mom thinks I'm gay. Care to help me prove her wrong? New plan! We're going to Graceland! I'm going to Graceland, Graceland, to Memphis, Tennessee, I'm going to Graceland. Hello 
Hello and welcome to Sneaker Madness, the podcast about bad movies fire bad movie lovers by bad movie lovers. I'm your host, Justin. Ding, 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 it's me. And there's Sam and Jackie. Did you just bell yourself in? Bong, bong, bong. <laughs> well, it is almost Christmas. That's too great a plum. Oh? Yeah, that's the fanfare. Ding, 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 and bong, bong, bong. That's how all great uh, things start. Really? Yeah, like when uh, when you're born, there's a there's a triangle player behind the doctor. Ding 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 ding. No, then, that's for mealtime. Oh yeah, I always mix those two up. <laughs> Just chuck the baby in the corner. Up, oh, the ribs are done. <laughs> Fuck this kid. Hey, I want to plug Grit, my podcast. The second episode is out. It is quite exciting. If you're a fan of our turkey shoot or deadly prey episodes. You won't want to miss this one. It's all about the real-life example of the most dangerous game. So go to gritpodcast.com and look at that today and like it. I like it. On Facebook or Twitter. Or write me a personal note via U.S. mail. When's the last time you sent anybody a letter? Uh, like non-professional? Yeah, just like wrote a letter with hey, your hands and sent guy, it to somebody. How's it hanging? I don't do it because I can't write things legibly. Uh, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure that I can write or yeah. read. Uh, now, are you talking, are you including Christmas cards? Because it is the holiday season. We should. No, I'm, I'm talking about a, an actual letter. Dear Fred. Yes. I would like to tell you about my life right now and then ask you about yours so that you can reply to me. Yes. Uh. Eighty-nine, really? Probably. So nine years old. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't big on letters ever. No one. Well, I can't write legibly, so yeah, it was always yeah. a problem. Exactly, Jackie. I used to pen pal with my aunt Julie quite a bit when I was a teenager. Mm, okay, but since then, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Maybe they should write you a letter. It's a lost art. Hey, uh, we got some fan feedback. First off, we're going to who uh, was it? A letter? I, well, yes. It came in the mail. Several letters actually put together into the form of words that are put together in the form of sentences. Sure. Many letters. Uh, first off, we're going to start out with, you're wrong, idiot. Okay. Uh, from our knife fight with Kevin Bacon and uh, Stephen Dorff. Yeah, sure. I said that Kevin Bacon was killed with a knife through his neck. Zach Meekum on Twitter points out that Kevin Bacon was killed by an arrow in Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. So, how about that? Yeah, we got a little correction right there. At Red Cap Jack on Twitter regarding our Deuces Wild episode says, At Stinker Madness, bit late. Bricks falling off buildings was a common thing in Brooklyn a long time ago. It was a thing. All right. So I don't know what his source is for that, but I'm going to assume it's true because he listens to this podcast, therefore he must be a genius yep. and uh, smarter than our president. Sure. Yeah. He d the president doesn't listen to this because he's a moron. He's a total moron. That's yeah. why. He, he actually doesn't even know what podcasts are. I d actually, I, I would be very surprised if he did. Can I hold a podcast in my spongy pink hands? <laughs> No, Mr. President, you can't. So I think that's kind of interesting about that that's a thing, or that was a thing. Uh. Yeah, I guess it's a thing. How about that? Yeah. Uh, from Martini Shark, regarding Blood Freak, he says, I introduced my daughter to the magnificence of this gem over the holiday. Thanksgiving. 
She could not believe this was declared a movie. Anytime I watched it, I felt I had ingested opiates. <laughs> of note, I recall reading that Brad Grinter's Marlboro interludes between became the inspiration of the smoking man on the X-Files. Oh, really? True or not, that's too good not to believe. <laughs> Why not? Exactly, it is. Could I, be fake news, but boy, yeah, I hope I, it's real news. I'm with him. Uh, he also says, I had to pause and laugh at the party scene where Herschel insults the mentally stunted Skank, who then goes to her less than sympathetic boyfriend, Skank. He just called me a tramp. Boyfriend. Well, why would that bother you? <laughs> awesome writing. So, if you want to share your thoughts, comments, corrections to us, email us at talkatstinkermandis.com or reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter forward slash stinkermandis. All one word. Don't fuck it up. You can also go to stinkermanis.com. And then you'll know the spelling. And then you'll know the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> and then copy and paste, yeah. rather than just clicking the links that sure. I was going to suggest to go to those pages. Nobody had anything nice to say about me. It's all about you. Um, it's to all of us, ding dong. Ugh. Hey, Jackie, here's something nice. Why don't you can it? Whoa. <laughs> I can't. I don't have a pressure cooker. Hmm. Uh, Christmas hint. Yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea. No. No, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I was just going to get you a vacuum and some cleaning supplies, but, you know. Well, if that's my option, I'm going for the canner. Well, all uh, the way. One of those roller pins and a bag of flour, because that's, that's all a woman should do. How about some new dish rags? Ooh. I busted into a warehouse last night and came into a bunch of shake weights, so... Spoiler alert, that's what everybody's getting for Christmas. <laughs> oh my God, really? I'm so excited. I could do that while I jump on the trampoline in my office. I can't wait to shake weight. Black eyes are plenty. <laughs> uh, we've got some casual do's and don'ts. These are This is now what I'm calling movies that we watch on DVD okay. or means other than free streaming. But Basically, these, if money was involved. The uh, These are all off the packs though, right? Or are they not? Uh, Pax? From Walmart. No, these are both uh, two of Roman's movies. Okay. So. Uh, you're going to have to dig for either of these films. If you want them, unfortunately, you want both of them. First off is a movie called Murder Weapon, starring two chesty ladies that have a party and are psychopaths, and so they can kill their boyfriends, I think? Question mark? They... I guess. I'm pretty confused by this. Oh, we should mention this 1989's Murder Weapon. Sure. Because there's many movies called Murder Weapon. 1989's Murder Weapon. Correct. Uh, Set against the backdrop of mental health issues. Yes, exactly. Out from the loony bin and into the, hey girl, let's throw a pool party. Yeah. Okay. They should have just called it, called it a sausage party. It was a total sausage party. It was, it was everybody pull down your pants and let me have my pick. Pretty much. Or just set the order. Yeah. Because that was yeah, right. happening there. It was They were sleeping with multiple dudes. Bouncing from one guy to the next. Yeah. And then until one after another, the dudes start disappearing. Until the movie finally started yeah. after about 45 a, minutes. It took a long time. But... Well, that one guy was supposed to be getting popcorn. And when he didn't come back, that was the tip-off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, very uh, gruesome. 
it was a it was a do not until the gore started happening, and then it was all of a sudden like the dial just got cranked up. It was crazy amounts of gore and some pretty decent stuff, like kind of ugh, stuff that I'd never seen before. Not, not yeah, I mean you'd seen or heard of these things that happening, like a, a guy gets his head smashed. Sure. Okay, well we've all been down that path, but the way that it looks on screen is cringeworthy. It's it was yucky. Mm-hmm. It was yucky. Yeah, the sledgehammer bit was really good. The uh, champagne bottle in the neck was oh, real good. That was a fun one. They were that all was good. my favorite. There was a it was a lot of fun stuff here that yeah, was well done. They had some they had some uh, special effect sequences with gore. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have a lot else, so they like strung together some words and some events at the beginning, and then got us to these things. And that's when the movie yeah. really happened. Yeah, yeah. My, whole- go ahead. Uh, my favorite part of this movie actually is when two of the dudes decide to escape, and then rather than anything bad happen to them, they just start listing these ideas of how any escape route can be sabotaged. Therefore, they have to go back into the house. Yeah, we co- we couldn't go outside because they there could be something out there that, that gets us. They get knives. They get into a car. They're about to drive away, and they look at each other like, "This has probably got a car bomb in it. We need to There's go back in the house." Probably a car bomb. They didn't in this car. look for the car bomb. They didn't try to turn it on <laughs> or they, have any like reason to suspect that the mob is involved and that this is a hit <laughs> or any yeah. They just decide they've obviously covered all of their bases. We should go back in there for the final showdown. Well, we can't go back in the house because now there's just flying chainsaws in yes. there. I'm sure. There's I'm probably sure. flying flying yeah. chainsaws. No, if this was a mob hit, they'd be flying pepperonis. Mm. <laughs> I like flying pepperonis. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not really lethal, but... Uh, yeah, kind of racist. Fun and delicious and racist. <laughs> it would choke you if it was a whole oh, one. Yeah. Like a whole stick of salami. Mm-hmm. Okay. My uncle went that way. <laughs> <laughs> Behind tacos, tacos, tacos. Yeah. He swallowed an entire pork roll. Yeah. <laughs> Summer sausage. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Terry. Uh, I'm going to give this a do for sure. I liked it. Yeah. Even with the banana business at the beginning. And it should be mentioned that you're going to have to really struggle through the beginning because I think it's a do too. struggle. The ambient sound was higher than the dialogue. Yeah, it wasn't good, but it was still like, this is shit. It was hard to watch. They gave you enough to boobs to get through it, but mm-hmm. it was tough to watch. And then For you. things happened. I enjoyed it the whole time. I did too. I'm going to give it a do. Okay. Three do's on 1989's Murder Weapon. Jackie, here's one you didn't watch. Ah, oh. it's 1986 Future Hunters with Robert Patrick. This one is off of the B-Movie Blast, I believe, uh, 50 movie pack from Mill Creek Entertainment that you can get for 20 bucks. Yes. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Uh, Future Hunters, I liked a lot. Yeah, it starts out really fucking hot because Richard Norton shows up and shows you what an action man Looks like kind of in a post-apocalyptic world with uh, mangled up post-apocalyptic cars yeah. and future guns that you've seen before in other Richard Norton films, mm-hmm, specifically mm-hmm. Empire of the Sun. Sure. And then, wait a minute, this isn't a post-apocalyptic movie. No, they travel back in time to 1986 so that they can wrestle a staff from German question mark Nazis. Nazis? Huh? Wait. Yeah, so it's called Future Hunter, right? Future Hunters. Hunters, okay. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're hunting the futures. 
or because it can't be future from the future. No, they can't be future hunter because Richard Norton shows up in the future in the past uh-huh. and dies immediately. <laughs> Correct. You're like, no, it was going so well with you. No, this is one of the worst titles ever. Well, they're now the hunters of the future, the right future. Okay, I guess correct future hunters, uh, preferred preferred future, future hunters, hunters. <laughs> hunters of the preferred future. Yeah, <laughs> a brave new world part two. This shit. Uh, it's crazy. It is. Crazy. Robert Patrick is terrible. Uh, he his is. character is the biggest of douches. But then becomes the biggest of heroes. Like right. the yeah, he character, an action man. the character evolution of Robert Patrick in this film is incredible. There is a so we've already said post apocalyptic, eighties uh, adventure kind of with a douchebag, uh, all the treating women like crap, like tomboy esque movie, and then in smack dab in the middle of it is a fucking kung fu fight with Bruce Le that doesn't relate to the story. They're just At like. All. We really need a kung fu fight. Hey, we here. got these two guys. We're gonna try to string this into the plot like some one of these people knows something about the deal, I guess. Yeah, crazy. I really liked Future Hunters. Oh yeah. I would watch it again for sure. It was a great time. Total do. Total do. And it, we haven't even scratched the surface on the nonsense that happens in this movie. No. Future Hunters could be an episode. It it's it was it's an good. episode. It was that good. Yeah, it's it's real good. It was awesome. Sam, it's your pick this week with 3,000 miles to Graceland. Why don't you give us your wild card? It's going to be the knife fight again. Oh, God damn it. Well, well I can't, we're doing Costner and Russell, and I can't do the <laughs> knife fight with Costner and Russell. What the fuck is this? Communist Russia? Oh, I'm so sick of knife. We've had like 10 knife fights in a row. Okay, fine. We're going to do good neighbor, bad neighbor with Costner no, and Russell. Knife fight. No, I'm, I'm thinking knife fight is way going to be better interesting. Let's do that. All right, knife fight. Uh, Costner wins. Sam, tell us about 3,000 miles. Costner wins? Really? <laughs> uh, crazy. He's crazy. Is he? Uh, I think so. Uh, they're both... Now, I'm assuming now or when? At what point in time? Because they're similar age. Wait, I still, yeah, let's I, what, you know, we'll spice it up here. We'll do now and uh, 1985. Okay, now they're both very feeble old men. Yes. Uh, so we know what happens in feeble old people knife fights. Sure. Not really a whole lot. Well, Not they get lot. tired. They have to sit down, feed pigeons. Yeah. And then they become best friends and. Yeah. So that, that knife fight's not going and they anywhere. they turn to each other and they both say, you know, your Wyatt Earp movie wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. No shit, huh? Yeah. No shit. That, that's, I'm going to revisit that idea later. <laughs> <Okay>. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, 19, what? 85, so we're thinking about uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. and uh, what is it, De- Dead on Arrival. Um, Bull Durham was 1985. Bull Durham is, yeah, but the action movie, I think, is DOA. Okay, all right. With uh, Costner. Yeah. Or Silverado, Ooh. 85, I believe, as well. Uh, Kurt Russell is going to kick his ass. I am leaning with Kurt Russell as well, just because... I think in the work that he did at that up to this point in time, he at least had seen guys that were badass uh, via his ancillary other actors that he worked with. Um, he can he ride a motorcycle. He hasn't done Tango and Cash yet. Nobody's done the thing. 
Uh, sure. He's uh, at what least was eighty six. Talk to Keith David, and no, that's like eighty three. Uh, uh, and Keith David's badass. So uh, I, I'm just just by like he's got a some mullet. Of, some of the coolness falling onto him from somebody else that may or may not have at one point actually been in a knife fight. I'm gonna go with Kurt Russell. I can't say the same thing about Kevin Costner. Who's he worked with? Uh, he, Anthony Hopkins. He does have Whoa. a distraction tactic. At this point in time, Kevin Costner had in his contract that his butt had to be in every fucking movie that he was in. That's true. So he's going to moon him. Mm -hmm. Bright white. Mm -hmm. Shines right in his eyes. It's a very white butt. It's a white butt. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm sticking with Kurt Russell. Jackie, you went with Kurt Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. He's got the uh, mullet. Yeah. He's seen a few man asses in his day. Whoa. Via shenanigans. And locker rooms. Yeah. With with his... uh, with his cohorts, the guys that I affluently mentioned, they're a bunch of, uh, you know, shenanigans havers. Oh, why not? Uh, Carousers. Prankers. Yeah. Pranksters and stuff of that nature. So he's not distracted by the man ass. He's just like, great. Kadoffi. There's no more Kevin Costner. Ew. Yep. Kurt Russell wins in a non-tie. Sam, tell us about 3,000 Miles to Graceland. There is nowhere in the lower 48 states that is a distance of 3,000 miles to Graceland. The furthest point from Graceland to the, in the contiguous United States is the border of Canada and Washington State, north of Seattle. It is a little over 2,500 miles from Graceland. Mm, okay. Yes. So are we talking uh, Alaska? Any place in Alaska? Well, through rushed deduction and relatively unsound mathematics. Okay, I like it. I have decided that the major city that would be closest to the aforementioned distance would be Calgary, hmm. known for its famous rodeo and not so much for its Elvises. <laughs> this film would be directed by Damien Lichtenstein, and the script would be provided by Richard Recco, with Lichtenstein's involvement. Richard Greco? Lech Recco, not Greco. Richard Greco. There's no G, it's just R-E-C-C-O. It's too bad. It is too bad. Though it would seem that Lichtenstein was prolific in music video, uh, Reco is relatively unknown and is relatively unknown. So how did these novices in the industry get a budget of $62 million from Warner Brothers around Good the year 2000 God. to produce a heist film, which is a genre known for modest budgets? Well, the story seems to be a tale of two Elvises. Actually, more of a tale of two guys who had man boners for Elvis. <laughs> Those guys are Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner. Apparently their love of Elvis is where the commonality stops with these two. After getting this flying turd off the tarmac in pre-production, whatever sort of relationship they had eroded into a bitter rivalry. Kurt Russell, of course, starred as a child who kicks Elvis in the leg in the filmed It Happens at the World's Fair. Hmm. Russell would make sure that the film pays several homages to this moment. And though he couldn't get it in the movie, he was constantly wandering around making it known to all that he, it was he that had played Elvis in the John Carpenter made-for-TV movie about Elvis, uh-huh. it was him. That's true. Not Kevin Costner. Absolutely. <laughs> the original cut of this film was far too gory for release by Warner. I'm sorry, what? The original cut of this film was far too gory go- for release. Go- gory? Gory. As uh, I understand it, there was fire hoses of blood gory. I'm, I thought this was a hokey old guy comedy. No. Oh. It's a heist film. Well, yeah. Hey, like, like, Kind of. It's an action movie. Huh. Gory? Huh. Like, it's... I am upset. I hope that it, one, it will never happen because of this. None of the uh, people involved ever want to revisit it. But if you could get that original cut, 
it was supposed to be just like blood everywhere, like the shining coming yeah. with the elevator open blood. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. Well, all that really did was open the door for the final round of Costner versus Russell. Mm-hmm. They would each get to make their own cuts of the film. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's probably a good call. <laughs> God damn it. Costner's cut would accentuate his ability to be a leading action star while making his character more relatable and minimizing Russell's contribution as much as possible. While Russell's cut would all but eliminate Costner and focus the film as a rom-com with he and Courtney Cox. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Test audiences were not too keen. On either. Yes, it was decided that the original cut would be tamed down. Allegedly, the rumor is is that Russell got the role of the hero in top billing due to his Wyatt Earp movie doing better at the box office. Yes. Tombstone was a bigger success than Wyatt, Wyatt Earp. Earp. was a flop. Yeah, it was like four hours fucking long and yeah. very boring. Tombstone sucks. Speaking so you know everybody on the internet. If you like the Tombstone, you don't like movies because that thing's a pile of shit. Yeah. I like Tombstone. It's one of the most overrated films in all of time. I, Let's watch it, and I guarantee you, you will walk out of that going, you know what? That's not a very good I movie. Can't. Sam Elliott's in it. So what? I, I still got one arm to love you, That's Sally. the buttest of butt lines ever. A I like it. 14-year-old thought of that line. I have no um, real... I'm detached emotionally from the film because I had a roommate that would watch it every day, mm-hmm. so I actually become nauseous when I hear about it. And it's... Uh, uh, historically, one of the most inaccurate depictions of of anybody ever in the history of film. It sucks. I hate that movie. Boo. Go ahead, Sam. Venture to guess any numbers on what this thing returned on that $62 million budget. 62, starring Kevin Costner, Courtney Cox, Kurt Russell. I'll name some more in a minute here, too. Okay. Uh, $20 million. 13 15. <laughs> and I went under, I win via Price is Right. But I guess that there's winning in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Well, let's keep an eye out for other stars. Kevin Pollock, David Arquette, John Lovitz, Thomas Hayden Church, Bukim Woodbine, Ice-T, and the on-screen reunion of Howie Long and Christian Slater from the classic film Broken Arrow. <laughs> also, we'll be looking out for the least plausible event. Mm-hmm. Worst line, and of course, who's the worst and best Elvis? And finally, there's a line that alludes to something that tries to make the title of the film make sense at, that was added afterwards, and okay. we'll see if that works. Okay. Watch out for that. Uh, the film is not streaming on any of the subscription services. It is on iTunes for $2.99. So I hope you like iTunes, because that's the only place to watch it unless you got a copy of it on DVD. Uh, we have it on DVD, correct? I don't think so. I think we're watching it on iTunes. You son of a bitch. <laughs> we could probably get a DVD copy of it, I'm sure. <laughs> I thought you bought this. No, I don't have this fucking piece of shit. So, check it out. Come back to us on Monday, and in the meantime, get to the chopper. Fans of Stinker Madness, iTunes thinks you don't like us. What? How is that possible? Well, it's because you haven't given us a review yet. Go to Stinker Madness on iTunes and take just a couple seconds to rate and review us there. While you're at it, hit up Stitcher.com as well. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter 
at forward slash Sacred Madness and email us at talk at sacredmadness.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and get to the chopper.